Hello, welcome back to Garibaldi Reds, a Nottingham Forest podcast brought to you by Nottinghamshire Life. I'm Max Hayes, your host, and as Forest are still in the FA Cup once again, just with a replay against Bristol City, another game, another replay um, to discuss all of that and look ahead to the Arsenal game, which is tomorrow, hugely anticipated game under the lights. Uh, joined as ever by Sarah Clapson, Reds correspondent. Sarah, getting the uh, earmuffs kept you warm for the Bristol City game? <laughs> I, I did need them actually, yeah. It wasn't as cold as Blackpool, but it was pretty chilly. So they got another outing. Yeah, they can do it on a cold night in Blackpool, but not Bristol. <laughs> um, also joined by, uh, for the first time on the podcast, so nice to see him, a lifelong Forest fan and someone that always seems to shed positivity on life, Steve. So it's nice to see you on a Monday morning. How are you? Very good. Thank you, Max. Yeah, looking cool. forward to tomorrow night. Yes, uh, big game under the lights. We'll look we'll ahead to that. But... that later, I'm sure. Yeah, um, Sarah, let's start with with another look back on the FA Cup. Um, feels like we keep talking about the FA Cup, given the replay <laughs> against Blackpool. Uh, another replay, I suppose, what did you make of it from the um, from the press box? Watching on the telly wasn't there. It just seemed like first half, we never really got going. Second looked better. And the amount of times I jumped off the sofa to celebrate a Forest goal and then it had hit the side net. And it, it just always seemed like it was going to be nil-nil from the off, really. <laughs> Yeah, I don't think he was alone on that. I think there was a few times where a cheer went up in the away end and, it, it, yeah, suddenly went, uh <laughs> when the realisation hit. Um, yeah, the first half was really flat, really um, struggled to, to get much going. Um, second half was an improvement. It, it was a, a pretty low bar to improve on, to be honest, but it, it did get better. Um by the end, I think Forrest looked the most likely to have got something, just couldn't nick the goal to to not to, to avert another replay. But at least they're still in the cup. I think that's the, the priority. That's the main thing to take away from it. A few positives, I thought. Obviously, the return of Morgan was a, a big one. And a clean sheet. I know it's not a lot to, to cling to, but the first one under Nuno, I think is... I mean, he said it was a big step forward. He was really keen to put an emphasis on it and take a lot away from it and I think it has to be a big confidence booster particularly for a defence that had been conceding a lot of goals in recent games for Matt Turner um, I think it's it should really help him two young centre-backs as well I think they should take a lot from it so positives were probably in fairly short supply but I think there were some yeah um yeah, it's, it's hard to pluck out positives often on a Monday morning. That's why we've got Steve on. Um, Steve, I suppose it isn't really ideal given the amount of injuries and, and players out currently and the, the sideline list for Forrest almost having another replay. But Bristol City made it really tough, didn't they? You know, just kind of outside the, um, the playoffs. They've got a new head coach. And they just showed a bit of fight and, and it was a potential banana skin and Forrest did avoid it and a replay back at the city ground, you'd, you'd be hoping to win that. Yeah, I, I, I mean, I I thought it was OK in the end. I mean, it was. Um, I, I was listening to some Bristol City fans coming away from the game who said they, they thought it was one of the best nil-nil draws they'd ever seen. Um, it, it was, you know, use the cliche, it was a game of two halves. We just didn't look like... We didn't look like a team in the first half somehow. There were too many misplaced passes. Um, but I think that probably underestimates quite how good Bristol City were and how hard they were fighting to get through to the following round. 
and of course they had beaten West Ham in the third round. So you know it was it was never going to be an easy game. Um, it made a huge difference at half time when he brought on not only Morgan but I think somebody who is a bit of an unsung hero, and that's Nico Williams, who made a huge difference down the right hand side. Um, and, and for me, brings a huge amount of energy to the game and is a tireless worker. If, if a couple more crosses that he tried to put in had been successful, then who knows? But it, it's all part of the tactic, isn't it? To, um, to give lots of players runouts before decisions have to be made and to increase the bank balance um, for the club. <laughs> so on that basis, you know, Nuno's doing a great job. I, I mean, I think he's doing a great job anyway, but... Um, you know, if you think of what we could have been faced with when he first came in in terms of January, we could have had one FA Cup game, then maybe another and a couple of league games. And he needs time to understand who there is that he can rely on um, and to be able to make decisions about players. And, OK, the two replays are not ideal and the extended cup run is not ideal, but he's had that opportunity. Yeah, definitely. It's a nice point, actually, Steve. Maybe it will, almost in a few weeks we'll look back at the FA Cup as a bit of a blessing in disguise for Nuno, like you say, to kind of find his mm. his players and, and, and find his starting eleven. really. Uh, what did Nuno seem to think, Sarah? Forrest will face Man United after they beat Newport just yesterday. Um, so it'll be another home tie against Man United. And that's seven times now. I mean, this is obviously if we beat Bristol City, but seven <laughs> times we'll play Man United in the past two years and we went all that time without playing them in the championship and praying for them in the FA Cup and it seems like we could have them again. Um, but what did Nuno seem to think in his press conference? I think he, he'll appreciate the fact that it's a home tie. Um, he'll know that there's a replay to get through first, I'm sure, and his focus will, well, his focus will be on Arsenal, first of all, I know that. Um, he, he's very much a not looking too far ahead kind of manager, um, so he'll be really keen to get a good result against Arsenal on Tuesday night um, and then obviously another league game after that but then the replay as well um, he's made his, he's made his position on replays clear already he's not a huge fan of them um, so I, I think he, he would be a bit frustrated that he's got another one to have to get through but he really appreciates the FA Cup he, he really sees it as a an important competition and a special competition. It means a lot to him. He knows it means a lot to Forrest. He knows how important it is to the club's history. He wants to go far in it. He wants a, a, a good cup run um, because it can help build momentum, because it can help players get to know each other, develop relationships, more games, more game time can only be beneficial. And he wants to go far. He knows what it's like. He's been there with Wolves, had a really good cup run with them. He wants to experience it again, um, so he'll be he'll be looking at the league games first. But when the the replay comes around, he'll want to win it. Um, and then touch wood, if Forest get through, he'll be looking at the the next FA Cup game and at home at the City Rounds. I'm sure he'll see it as a a big game, a tough game if it uh, comes to pass. But but one he'll be looking forward to. Do you think Steve often the FA Cup? You know, it's talked about a lot in the. 21st century modern day football about it not having that magic but for teams like Forest, it helped us in the promotion winning season to have that momentum on and off the pitch with Cooper and and what that provided for the club in terms of TV revenue and, and things like that will will Nuno be seeing this as a you know stay in the cup and and, and it helps us give momentum 
to go into the league, given how tough the league will be with a possible point deduction upcoming? I, I mean, I think it's... I, I'm old enough to remember, you know, the glamour of the FA Cup and the early days of the FA Cup when it was everything. When, you know, you'd spend all Saturday, you know, watching whether it was, I suppose, originally BBC coverage and watching the players arrive and all that sort of stuff. I, I don't think it has. I don't think it has the same sort of glamour and appeal as that anymore because there is so much football and because there's so much football on TV. But I think what it's given him is so far two extra games because we'd have played the Blackpool game anyway two extra games to look at the squad and look at the players and for us that's absolutely invaluable for a new manager coming in when he came in um, I mean look at uh, Mangala who seemed to have sort of disappeared from the squad when he first came in and now you know I mean I read all sorts of stuff and Sarah will know much better than me that Forrest have now decided to keep him and based on how he played on Friday night and how he's played in the last couple of games personally I'm delighted about that and that wouldn't have happened maybe without the FA Cup so I think it is it, you know it's that trophy we've not won since 59 isn't it goodness me um, I was there in 91 for the Gascoigne final um it would be fantastic to have an FA Cup run. It would be incredible to get to Wembley to get to the FA Cup final. And clearly Nuno relies on it as an important competition. So let's get behind him, get behind the club, get behind the players and do whatever we can, not only when the replay is on, what is it, February the 7th, you know, if, if we win that. And then, you know, a, a, a fascinating tie at home against Man United, which will also, both of those games, will bring in more revenue for the club at a time when we, but all clubs, need the absolute maximum amount of revenue. So, uh, it's you know, for me, it's a very positive thing. Yeah, um, let's stay on the positive, Sarah. You mentioned there uh, about Morgan Gibbs-White um, mm. just a bit ago and, and him back on the pitch, how vital he is. You watch him when he comes on and it, he just seems to give so much more freedom and, and creativity to even his teammates on the pitch and the fans were lifted and Nuno seemed confident when he comes on. I mean, how 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 important is he for Forrest and, and will be for the rest of the season? Huge. Absolutely huge. Um, I'd probably go so far as to say he's the most important player in the squad. Um, I, I would have had that tag on on Taiwo, um, but since while he's been out, Chris Wood, I think, has stepped up. <coughs> but with Morgan out, he's only missed, I think it's a couple of games. It feels like longer because he, he just makes such a massive difference. Yeah. Um, others have provided a bit of creativity and a, 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 I think Dominguez has done pretty well in his absence, playing in a different kind of role. But nobody really has that kind of magic that, that Morgan Gibbs-White brings. I think Alanga is also really important. He's made a, a big impact since coming in. Um, I think Forrest missed his pace and, and kind of his willingness just to, to run and um, get at defenders. Callum Hudson-Odoi is still, I think, getting... He's getting there. He's shown signs of progress. I think there's still a lot more to come from him, but it's easy to forget that he's had a, a, a tough few years really and he's still trying to get back to the kind of form that he showed earlier on in his career when he looked like such a, a huge prospect whereas Morgan has just gone from he's just taken step after step and he's just integral to the way that Forrest play having him back makes such a massive difference and even when he's having a quiet game he's still capable of 
coming up with something, of popping up with something. He's got. He's been scoring goals, which is something he needed to add more to his game. He started to get that under Nuno. That different playing in his preferred role, I think, has been hugely beneficial for him. And we're seeing what he's capable of, seeing the best of him. I think within maybe ten minutes of coming on um, at Bristol City, he set up a chance for Chris Wood and, and put a, a ball in. And Chris Wood probably could have done a little bit better with it, but it just shows the, the difference that he made and. Having him back is going to be so important, particularly for, for Tuesday night, which is a really tough game. But you kind of go into it feeling a bit more confident or, or hopeful, maybe, with Morgan on the pitch because he just makes such a massive difference. Yeah, Arsenal haven't won in their last three visits, I think it is, to the city ground I've got written down here. So it'll be an interesting one for sure. We'll touch on that in a moment. <laughs> Steve, I suppose there are mentions there about Taiwo and Chris Wood. When Taiwo's fully fit, do you think that, that he'll slot straight back into the squad? But this is a player that hasn't played under Nuno yet, albeit Nuno will have seen him in training. Or do you think for a bit of almost continuity and, and, and finding his start in 11 and, and sticking with it, Chris Wood might actually start the few games that when Taiwo's fit and, and kind of Taiwo comes off the bench potentially? Blimey. Um, it's a difficult question on a Monday morning. What a question? No, no, I... I <laughs> what would I do? I mean, I've, you know, Nuno will do what Nuno will do sort of thing, but what would I do? I think I would, and I'll probably get harassed for this, I would stick with Chris Wood initially and I'd put Tyro on the bench because if you, if you ever wanted a player to really step up and perform, not only for himself but the team, since Nuno came, that player is Chris Wood. And, you know, he has to be, you know, the, the term prolific is used too much, isn't it? But at the moment, he is one of the most prolific goal scorers associated with the Premier League. So, yes, Taiwo has a previous record and we were playing probably in a slightly different way. But how does Chris Wood get dropped? Because he may not always be the most popular player amongst the fans, but spend some time just watching him, looking at his runs, looking at his work rate, looking at how much grass he covers, looking at how he gets himself into sort of goal poaching situations, which is a ridiculous thing to say after his couple of goals at Newcastle. Um, but he's actually a really good player and he's beginning to demonstrate perhaps why Steve Cooper wanted him. Now, on the back of that, what would it do for his confidence? And, and, and Sarah talked, you know, about Callum Hudson-Odoi's confidence. What would it do for Chris Wood's confidence if, oh, Taiwo's fit, right, we'll put him back in the in the 11 straight away. Uh, thanks ever so much, Chris, we'll put you on the bench. What strikes me about Nuno is we always applauded Steve Cooper about his man management and the way that he interacts with the players. Nuno strikes me very similarly in that department. So he's going to... I would think, look at how he gets the best performance out of all the players as individuals in order to build them as a team. Very long-winded answer to your question, but it wasn't, wasn't an easy question. So I'd stick with Chris Wood. I'd put Taiwo <laughs> on the bench. You know, on a, and a game, I'd bring Taiwo on after, I don't know, 70 minutes or something like that. And, and there may be games where tactically we need to bring Taiwo on instead, but I wouldn't bring him in straight away. But many people might disagree with that based on what Tywo's done in the past. Yeah, maybe Nuno will have you in his, his new assistant. <laughs> well, if you Nuno listens to this podcast, Max, you'll be honoured. So uh, there we go. 
exactly, exactly. Sarah, don't worry, I won't ask you the same question uh, as I've just asked you. Um, I'll let you kind of have another one. Um, you know, when we talk about key players and, and players that have done so much for Forrest recently, and, and Steve touched on there, Nico Williams being a bit of an unsung hero, wanted to touch on Andrew Omabaladeli, who seems to be becoming a bit of a regular starter now under Nuno. I mean, I've been really impressed with him don't know about you Sarah but but he just seems to bring something a bit different and and that partnership him and him and Marillo have seemed to struck up in recent games has done Forest wonders yeah I, I think Friday night he did really well on my Bami Daly I thought he was one of the the, the best players um looked really composed and, and, and confident made a few really big clearances and Marillo perhaps didn't have the best of games he seems to have, have had a little dip in form, at least compared to earlier in the season when he, he first broke through. But um, Omar Bamadeli has, has done really well. Um, obviously got that goal on his debut at Blackpool and has held down his place. It's going to be interesting to see what happens when um, Willie Bolly and, and Nia Carte come back from AFCON. Um, what Nuno sees as his, his best partnership going forward for the rest of the season then. But same, I guess, with, with um, Taiwo. You have to have that competition. You have to have players earning their place in the team. You can't, I'm probably contradicting what I said about Morgan now, but you can't have players just walking straight into the side and knowing they're guaranteed a, a starting spot. You've got to have them knowing that they need to put in a performance and continuously <coughs> put in good performances to keep their, their place in the team. Um, at the minute, Omobama Dali's holding his own. Um, I think he, he's generally done pretty well. It's just the goals conceded that was maybe a bit of a concern given there had been so many in a run of games but that clean sheet as Nuno said has to be a big step it has to give everybody in the team particularly the defence a lot of confidence and a lot of belief important to build on it now easier said than done going into a game against Arsenal I know but if you wanted to have something positive to look at going into Tuesday night then that's got to be it shutting out um a Bristol City side that really went for it um, and really wanted to, to do well in that game. Yeah, um, and a positive being that clean sheet for Matt Turner as he gets ready to face his former club tomorrow. Steve, it's an interesting one with Turner. The constant criticism must just completely knock his confidence, but almost the constant mistakes. So this this clean sheet, in a way albeit people will look at it as a very small positive perhaps, but but it could do wonders going in, going into such a huge game tomorrow night. Blimey. Um, are you going to throw me all the curveballs? Thank you. <laughs> Sorry, Steve. Can we just go back to the defence a minute? I think, yeah. Damn, how, however you say his name, and I, and I get it wrong every time, so I'm not going to even try. Um, am I right in thinking he was captain at Norwich? I think uh, he did captain them. Yes. Um just when you when you see him next time, just watch him on the pitch. He's always talking to the defenders around him. He's almost as though he's acting like a captain. He was constantly talking to Murillo on Friday night. He was constantly talking to um, to the rest of the defence, the players around him. And I think, given time, he he could become a really really good player, um, even better than he's showing on the back of what three three four games so far. Um, and a clean sheet will give them confidence, and he was a major part of that. In, in terms of Matt Turner, um, it, it's a really difficult one for me. I think one thing we don't talk about, and, and I'd like to, to take 
a couple of minutes, if I may, is how difficult it is for players to move clubs, to move countries, to go into a different team, not only for them, but their families and everything else. And I don't think that this is something that ever gets talked about and certainly ever considered. So you take Matt Turner out of Arsenal second team reserves or whatever, he hadn't played. You bring him into Forest, you put him in the first team. Um, he's relocating, his family are relocating. He's got to get used to new teammates. Um, and yes, his kicking is not as good as Bryce Sambers was, um, but he's a good shot stopper. And Roy Keane will say, yeah, but that's his job. Well, it is his job, but he is a good shot stopper. Um, I think for somebody like Turner and goodness be probably for all players, it's about confidence. I thought he looked better on Friday night at Bristol City. He wasn't perfect, but he looked better. The passes that were given to him didn't put him in as difficult situations as they had in previous games. But guess what? That comes from getting used to playing with players. So if you keep switching the keepers in and out and the defence are going, oh, yeah, it's now it's this guy, now it's this guy, right, this guy likes it on his left foot in that position, this guy likes it on his right foot in that position, sometimes when you're under, under pressure, a player isn't going to think about that. So is Matt Turner, for me, a long-term answer? Probably not. But I think there's an awful lot more that he can do to improve. And I would hope that with time and with coaching his distribution will get better. I don't think his distribution is shocking, as, as many people in the crowd will say. And, quote, as the guy said behind me, I don't think he's the worst goalkeeper Forrest have ever had in ever, which is absolute rubbish. But when you're getting that sort of abuse off the terraces and all the stuff that's happening on social media, which, yeah, you know, these guys can't avoid, can they? Then perhaps a little bit more support for him as an individual and a little bit more understanding for what players have to go to go through might help them. Um, so I would stick with him. I, I would, I would, I mean, unless we're going to buy somebody and, and Sarah will know better than I, unless we're going to sort of suddenly come up with a goalkeeper in the next two and a half days or three days or whatever it is, then give him the vote of confidence that, you know, put him in the team, tell him he's the number one and stick with him. I do think he's better than, than the guy we picked up from Benfica. And again, I can't pronounce his surname either. Apologies. Thank you. Blackademos. Um, and beyond that, we don't really have much of a choice. So I'd stick with Turner. Um, tomorrow's a big test because he'll be up against old teammates, but maybe he'll want to prove a point. And imagine if, Imagine if we keep a clean sheet tomorrow. Imagine if it's a nil-nil draw tomorrow. I mean, that's another point. But another clean sheet will be fantastic. And so I'd stick with him. Are you going to ask yeah. me to pick, to pick the other nine players as we go through the rest of the time? <laughs> it's all right, you know, Steve, I'm I promise you. With Turner and, Turner, so we've got Turner, Wood and, and Gibbs-White. There's only eight more to go, Max. <laughs> <laughs> I promise I won't throw another curveball at you now. <laughs> Um, that's you finished for today. Uh, Sarah, um, it, it's, it's been reported the last few days uh, that we are still in, in for a goalkeeper despite all the financial difficulties we find ourselves in off the pitch. Do you think Do you think the club will will get another goalkeeper in? Do you think Matt Turner, as, as Steve said, he's probably not the long-term plan? 
Well, he seems to have had a change of heart. Um, the the information we, we got not so long ago was that it wasn't a position they were looking to strengthen. Um, I think that was before the, the Brentford game. Um, that they were planning to stick with Matt Turner and, and Blackadimos as the, the number one and number two for the rest of the season. Um, it seems like there's been a, a bit of a U-turn um, and a few names are being considered. Whether any of them get over the line and whether any of them that get done, I guess, is a different matter. Um, but it, it certainly seems to be an avenue that the club are exploring again. Um, I'd agree. I'd, I'd stick with Matt Turner personally. I'm not sure bringing in another goalkeeper at this moment in time is the right answer, um, given that other areas need strengthening as well, given that budgets are, are pretty tight and it's disruptive. Having already had two goalkeepers come in and out, to then go through a third um, when it's not necessarily forced upon you I think it's different if it's injury related or if it's um, suspension something like that but to have it as a, a choice personally I, I would have a I would prefer to stick with Matt Turner um, and I, I think he does it an okay job yes he has flaws in his game and there are areas that he, he really needs to improve on but he does make some decent saves um, We'll have to wait and see, I guess, what happens in the final days of the window. I suspect there'll be a few twists and turns to come on that front. But if another keeper comes in, it, it it's so important to get the right one um, and not have another temporary solution. I think that's, that's key as well. Obviously, last season, two lone goalkeepers came in and then Forrest were left in the position in the summer where they brought in Matt Turner and Blackademos on permanent deals hoping that that or, or seeing that as the longer term solution. They've obviously not decided or, or kind of changed their minds a little bit on that now. But if somebody comes in, it has to be as a number one for long term then, um, because constantly chopping and changing that position, I'm not sure is the right answer or is the right way forward. Yeah, if we look at the stats, he, Matt Turner's uh, got a save percentage of 66.2%. He ranks 15th in the Premier League compared to other goalkeepers. Um, I'd be tempted to change if, if if somebody else was out there, but that's me being different on a Monday morning. Um, Steve, You're allowed I won't to be different. You... Yeah, exactly. Um, Sorry, Steve, Max, I won't... Go on. Just make a comment. I think we, we need to be careful, don't we? Because if Matt Turner makes a big mistake, it probably costs us the goal. You know, if you think of there was a when was I can't remember which game it was when Murillo came charging out of defence, took the ball forward. Oh, against Liverpool, lost the ball. Mm. Liverpool attacked, and Liverpool scored. Now there was no great um, outcry about Murillo for weeks and weeks and weeks. There was perhaps the day afterwards, but even Friday night, Danilo tried stuff that didn't always came off that didn't always come off and and made some mistakes every player makes mistakes um every player's distribution is not perfect the one player who we probably would put above all of them as sarah said earlier is gibbs white so we're not we're not liverpool we're not man city where we suddenly go okay we've got this international performing top of the game they're slightly below the best we'll bring in another international performing top of the game you know, we are 15th, 16th, 17th, whatever we're going to be in, in the Premier League for a reason, because this is our second season. So I, I just think we need to, as as a group of fans and a group of supporters, we need to just consider for a moment where we actually are 
what we've achieved um and and look at the you know as you said earlier try and look at the positives as opposed to always go oh well matt turner's not done this or toffolo's not done this or gibbs white gave the ball away there or danilo gave it away or there or some of the abuse i was hearing on friday night about hudson adoy i mean let's you know we all want to stay in the premiership we all want the club to grow and develop and who knows where the club will, will go in a few years time wouldn't it be exciting if we were challenging for Europe which would match I guess the ownership's ambitions these things take time Matt Turner's been with us since when August the season started end of August so you know we've played 21 league games that's not a lot of time and he's not played all those games that's not actually a lot of time for somebody to really bed in get to know all their other teammates understand how the people around them are playing and develop a style that works for everybody. And we've now had a change of manager, which is changing the style of play. Some would argue for the better because it's producing more exciting, more forward flowing football. But I, I, I think time's a great thing if we need, you know, we just need to be a bit more patient. Uh, yeah. Interesting. Positive. <laughs> um, <laughs> one more, um, one more kind of player that, that Forrest aren't going to be patient with. Uh, reports came out last night from Sky, actually, that, that Forrest is set to terminate the loan uh, of Divock Origi. No real contributions, off, I can think of off the top of my head. No goals. I think a real probably disappointment, Sarah. You'd, you'd, you'd probably argue with Origi when he signed. Everyone was quite excited and optimistic about him. Yeah, I don't think he's made the impact that it, it was hoped he would. Um, I guess injury and, and not probably getting starts under his belt hasn't helped. He's mostly been restricted to coming off the bench for a few minutes here and there and trying to get into games, which isn't easy. Um, Forest need goal scorers, they need goal threat. Um, and that's an area they are looking to improve on to then free up a bit of space and, and free up a, a bit of um, the wage bill, I guess. is They have to move players on, they have to move players out. I think we'll see more exits than... Um, than incomings in the next few days. And Origi is someone that, that hasn't really got going. Um, came in and I think he's got decent experience, decent previous experience, and just didn't really happen for him. And sometimes you get that. Um, it, not every transfer, not every signing is going to work out. Um, I think probably a, a move to the MLS looks likely for him now. Um, and Forrest will, will look to bring in goal threat from elsewhere. Yeah, yeah. The, there's a few players linked. Um, the kind of one that's been talked about a lot is Gio Rina uh, from Dortmund, um, attacking midfielder. Uh, anything more on that, Sarah? Or is that just been links? Kind of nothing substantial, I'm guessing, yet? I, I think it's one that's probably going to... Well, I think a, a few of them are maybe going to go to the wire. I think we're going to see a, a busy end. Um, I think there's a few clubs in for him and trying to win that particular race as with a lot of transfers isn't easy it's such a quiet window in general and then it gets to the end and you'll find that a lot of clubs are looking at similar kind of players and wanting similar areas to strengthen um, and then you'll get a, a, a big rush and it's who wins um, the race for those kind of players but the lure of playing in the Premier League is is a pretty big one I think um, and how much that counts for, I guess we'll find out in the um, in the next few days. 
Yeah, I was planning on having a quiet Wednesday on the 31st, but it might be a bit of a busier one. You never know. We might have to do some podcasts if <laughs> Forrest decides to go on a mad spending spree uh, again. I suppose, Steve, when we before we touch on the Arsenal game and, and possibly what people are calling a bit of a season-defining week for Forrest with a big game and then the January transfer window closing, when you look at the players you've already got in the squad and, and the players that are, are, are We'll be back from injury soon. Alanga, obviously, Morgan will most likely start tomorrow. That's got to be exciting, surely. That's got to be a real positive because you look at the way Alanga and Morgan were playing with each other, the link-up between them two, the balls that were feeding into Chris Ward. And hopefully that almost gives Hudson-Odoi a bit more confidence as well because, as you touched on earlier, he's a player that's that's lacked a bit of confidence recently. Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, and, and you didn't mention all the players who will come back from AFCON. Yeah, you know, at, at, at various stages. So, you know, I looked at you looked at the team on Friday night, and and you think, okay, the bench is a bit bare, but is it really? Because then you've got another six players to come in, and Ilanga to come back, and Taiwo to come back. So that's another eight players. We have, I think, potentially a, a pretty good squad of players, um, and certainly a squad that's. I think is a is a at a higher level than we had last year. Now they need to gel. They need to be able to play together, and through injuries and absences and change of style and all that sort of stuff, that probably hasn't happened. Um, and we've got what is it, 17, 16, 17 games to play um, to secure our Premier League future, which. <clears throat> For me, there are at least three, possibly four or five teams in the league who are worse than us. And I know we're going to get on to probably, you know, potential points deductions. But even with those points deductions, I still think there are three, four, five teams who are still worse than us. And the league is such, isn't it, that, you know, as we showed over Christmas, you only need to put a couple of wins together and all of a sudden smiles go on faces you start breathing easier. You start looking forward as opposed to looking back. Um, and the cup run again will help that. Let's let's assume, and it's not absolutely not a guarantee, but let's assume that we do, you know, scrape past Bristol City on the seventh in extra time and penalties or whatever. But we get to play the Man United tie. It's another exciting stage for the club. You know, back in the fifth round, I'm, I'm getting ahead of myself, I know, but there are, you know, there are players to come back. Um, and I and I think we've got a good squad. I think the manager's settled in well, so I'm pretty optimistic of, you know, the the future. Tomorrow night, I don't think it's season defining. Um, I think it's more season defining for Arsenal, to be honest. You know, if they if they were to come to the City Ground and lose, how on earth are they going to catch not only City but also Liverpool? Um, so they'll have the pressure that they'll feel they'll have to win and they're going to, uh, you know, side in the relegate, near the relegation zone, battling for survival and all this sort of, you know, no offence, Sarah, newspaper jargon. <laughs> <laughs> but um, but if we were to get a draw, I think we'd be very happy with that. A goalless, you know, a goalless draw would be fantastic. It'd be another clean sheet. If we pinch a win or, you know, Chris Wood goes and scores another hat-trick, then fantastic. Um It'll be a great occasion, but I don't think I don't think this week's season defining in that sort of sense. Yeah, I'm sure you've already booked your hotel, Steve, for the um, for the FA Cup final. Uh, not yet, but you know my kids live down there, so I'm sure I can find a floor <laughs> to sleep on. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> um, Sarah, let's look ahead to tomorrow. Big night under the lights. <laughs> um, big night under the lights. First home game since the news of, of, of this possible point deduction. So I'm imagining a, a, a huge city ground atmosphere. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to say easy game because my it really isn't. But, <laughs> but often Forest seem to do well against the worst teams, if that makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> um, it is a, it's a huge game. Um, it, it's just exciting, I think, these kind of games, particularly Tuesday night, under the lights. Um, big game against Arsenal. Really exciting. I think if you look at Nuno's game so far, what's really encouraging is that Forrest have been in all of them. They might not have always got a result from them, but they've competed and they, they've held their own. Um, and then obviously there's the, the, the big wins that came against Newcastle and Man United. So there's a, a lot of positives to take going into it. There's a lot of encouragement to take going into it. It doesn't make it any easier. It's not necessarily <laughs> going to be, um, it's certainly not going to be a walk in the park. I think we can probably say that much. But if Forrest want to go into it with any belief, then they've got a lot to look back on and a lot to take Um going into it because you, you've got those kind of games you've got to go into them believing you can get something feeling that you can compete with the opposition feeling that you deserve to be there and really having a go Nuno seems to do that anyway um, he seems to approach these kind of games in the right way so I think it's going to be a really interesting game really exciting um, Going to be interesting to see what he goes for with his starting lineup. whether he, he sticks with a similar kind of formation or, or looks to tweak things a little bit he is kind of restricted because of lack of options at the moment and he can't really make too many changes he's already said that Morgan's going to start he said that as soon as he, he came off on um, on Friday night and he quickly touched some a wooden table to to kind of make sure he hadn't cursed him with any kind of after effects from um, the 45 minutes that he put in but barring any you know really bad um, after effects from Friday night, Morgan's going to be in the starting eleven, and then it's kind of building around him. Um, interesting to see what he does, though. Whether he, he sticks with Mangala and Yates as midfield, um, maybe keeps brings Nico Williams in because, like we said earlier, he did really well. I thought when he came on, um, adds a bit of energy, and I mean, it's good bringing him off the bench because he has those fresh legs and he can really stretch a defence that might be tiring. So he's a good option to have, but. I'd maybe be tempted to start him because he's he's been really encouraging. Um, Harry Toffolo probably come in for for Tavares. Obviously, can't play against his parent club, so that's one yeah. change that um, pretty straightforward. I think. Um, I think Harry Toffolo could feel a little bit hard done by anyway, at missing out on the the last couple of games. I think he's been doing really well. Um, yeah, I, I can't see there being too many changes, but. I think Forrest are going to have a go and, and that's really what you want in these kind of games and big night under the city ground lights great atmosphere you never know yeah you just you just never know you um, just never know exactly I wonder if you say that Max yeah <laughs> um, Steve I suppose when we look at, at, at tomorrow's game and, and as you mentioned there it being almost a bit season defining for Arsenal because of their recent poor run of form is this the right time to, to, to play them in a way and also Arsenal will probably be thinking 
another trip to the city ground, <laughs> another game that's big for them. You know, big atmosphere. You look at last season, you look at the cup games. We always just seem to get something against Arsenal at the city ground. Go away to the Emirates and we'll be spanked 3-4-0. But, but, you know, at home, we seem to do really well against them. Yeah, I don't think it's a bad time to play them. I mean, you know, they're not... I mean, Arsenal are a good side. They've got really, really good players, let, let's be fair. And it, but but it's interesting, isn't it? It's, it's, it took Arteta three, three and a half years to get to the stage where he's built that team that he as he wants them to play with the players that he wants. Um, and it's unusual for clubs to give managers that amount of time because certainly he was under threat a number of times during that during those three years. But there is something quite exciting, isn't there, about putting one over Mikel Arteta somehow. <laughs> um, so it, it, it's a fascinating game. It, it, I've, I've, no, I've no idea how to call it. It could go either way, but I think as, as Sarah's touched on, Nuno is bringing is is changing the style. So we want to go to win games. Um, we're not going to sit back um, and 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 try and you know eke out and a, a draw or something like that. We're always going to try and win the games, and he seems absolutely intent on that, and has been throughout his what seven seven games he's played so far. So it will certainly be an exciting night. Um, and wouldn't it be fantastic if we came away with three points and then went into Bournemouth at the weekend with even more confidence? Because um, that's not a, that's not an easy fixture either. But, you know, in some senses, that's probably harder than playing Arsenal at home because there's some things you can, get, you can guarantee on with Arsenal at home. You can get them riled. You can get the crowd behind you. If you get Arsenal riled, it will get the crowd behind you even more. And the players will thrive on that environment and that atmosphere. And as we always talk about, you know, the city ground on a winter's evening under the lights is just fantastic. So, you know, let's look forward to it. Yeah, let's look forward to it indeed. And fingers crossed the weather's all right for the Bournemouth game. Um, we'll touch on that next week, Sarah. Um, I've even I've, yeah, I've made not, you laugh that much, Sarah. Your headphones are not too windy, windy Max, and you know, the, the, and the stands falling down or something like that. But hey, you know, I'm glad. I'm glad you said that, Stephen, and uh, and not me, um, Sarah. I suppose tomorrow's game. I just I, I I always tend to think on a on a night game as Steve said majestic under the lights big atmosphere as well as the crowd being up for it do you think Nuno will be telling the players is a bit of a almost using this points deduction as a siege mentality go out there and it's kind of us against the world in a way do you know I don't I think at the minute he's not protecting them from it but he's not focusing on it he, he certainly said we're not thinking about that at the minute because we don't know what's going to happen. And he's kind of right. And whether it's probably a bit different behind closed doors, and I'm sure, you know, you can't get away from it. The players will know what's going on. They know what the possibilities are and what might happen. But Nuno's job is to, to get them to, to block all that noise out and to yeah. just do their job on the pitch. Because if they're, if they're even half thinking about, oh gosh, if we lose this game and then we're maybe going to get points deducted, then nerves set in and you start getting a bit fearful. And we've seen that earlier in the season. And, and that's not the way that Nuno wants to play. It's not the way that he wants to approach games or the season in general. So the message from him so far has been, we're not even thinking about it. Um, wait and see what happens. And it's kind of one at the minute where I guess that's easy 
easy uh, for him to do at the minute because he's right. Nobody knows just yet what the possible punishment is going to be. So for the time being, he can tell his players, look, forget about it. Don't concentrate on it. Yeah, you're aware of it, but but hey, look, we've got this big game coming up, first of all, and then we've got another one, and then we've got another big FA Cup replay. So let's not even talk about that. Let's just go out and do our jobs. I think it's a fairly good message to have at, at this point. Cross that bridge when it comes, when Forrest find out a bit more about the situation and when it, it becomes clearer. For the time being, it's just a case of, it's, so, it's such a cliche, and I'm sure Nuno's aware of it when he says it, but it's just focus on the football for now. Yeah, indeed, focus on the football. Steve, I suppose just finally then to close the whole financial fair play situation, you agree with Sarah there, focus on the football and, and time will tell whether Forrest will be deducted any points, really? Uh, completely. I mean, it's the it's the Dave Bracegirdle approach, isn't it, to Team Sky and everything else, control the controllables. And at the moment, none of us know people within the club may know what may or may not happen, but it's all speculation. So yes, everyone's anticipating that we might get a points deduction and you could have, you know, there'll, there'll be a thousand and one different thoughts out there about how many points, but until something actually happens, it hasn't happened. Um, and so all we can do as a club is all we can do as fans is support the club and support the players encourage the club and the players to get as many points on the on the board as possible perform as well as possible and you know what will happen will happen we can't we can't speculate i mean people will speculate about it but we can't control it we can't do anything about it what we can control and do stuff about is making sure that you know tomorrow night and every other game is that we're fully behind the players on the pitch whoever they are and we're encouraging the players as fans as much as possible to put in a great performance because that's what Nuno and the players will all be trying to do. If they make mistakes and something doesn't quite work out, hey, that's life. Um, but the more that that happens and the more that the players can perform and we can amass points, then a, a potential conversation about a points deduction becomes almost irrelevant. I think that's a nice note to finish on. Steve, thank you for your positivity this morning. I feel like you've turned my Monday into a Friday. <laughs> any any time, Max. <laughs> uh, Sarah, thank you. Are you, are you. are you sticking with the earmuffs tomorrow? I don't even know what... How they don't, get, they don't get packed away until June, Max, and then they come <laughs> back out in August. So, um, yeah, there's only a, only a small window where they're not in my bag. <laughs> British weather for you uh, right that does us nicely uh, thanks Sarah thanks Steve uh, as always thanks for tuning in to Garibaldi Red a uh, little bit of a shout out we did a bit of a preview that we released yesterday morning on a brand new fan park coming to Nottingham it launches uh, against for the Forest Arsenal game so tomorrow uh, be sure to get down there you might see uh, my ugly mug on the big screen as well so I hope that doesn't frighten people to not come uh, leave us a review if you do enjoy the podcast as always we will see you next time here's hoping for a forest win under the lights tomorrow. See you next time.